guys welcome back to rabbit hole stories yet another episode we're smashing these episodes joel it's it's brilliant i'm loving mm-hmm. it like we've been doing it since well we've released episodes since proof of keys day and um it just mm-hmm. it, it just seems like we're just showing up and just having a bit of a laugh and learning a bit more about bitcoin and i'm loving it um but we just had rob on the show um we went down a bit of a philosophical therapeutic journey mm-hmm. um and we i think we didn't trauma bond rob and i but we did discuss the mind <laughs> body and soul a little bit <laughs> i think i think rob's a trauma bit more bond. yeah we did kind of trauma <laughs> bond um but rob i think is a little bit more spiritual than i am and i'm kind of um, less spiritual but more kind of you know inner thinking philosophically minded um mm-hmm. which i suppose we both are and he just maybe thinks of it as more spiritual but um that's what i kind of got from the episode what did you get from it i mean i've seen rob at the uh Riga oh, conference book, yeah. on stage and uh, read his book and i really hope that they put the um his talk up because it was quite interesting and it's just fascinating the way he he basically was able to conclude that we can sort of like a computer program our mind i mean you can't program emotions and these kind of things. So this is very much mm. a human error, if you want to say so. But mm. the way we go about certain things and how positive and negative influences can have a major impact in your life. I think that was quite fascinating, not to like spoil the, the whole thing. Mm. Um, and yeah, just generally speaking, Rob's a great guy. He, he's funny. He's entertaining. Um, I could have listened to him for hours, um, but yeah, I don't want to take anything away from the listeners. Yeah, but one thing, one thing before we get into it, I, what I also think um, I connected with him uh, on was the fact that we see Bitcoin and the correlation between sort of more philosophical mm-hmm. stuff, and I think we kind of see um, things in the same way. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to maybe reaching out to him again and having a sit down and a discussion with him in the future. He might actually be back on the show. Um, so yeah, guys, enjoy the rest of this episode um let's go down this journey with rob welcome back everyone to another episode with rabbit hole stories and today i personally am very excited we have rob on i met rob in riga i listened to your talk bought your book got a signed copy and thought we had to bring you on how has your day been rob it's been lovely today uh, i met with nico from consensus over here in madeira for lunch and it's been running around the playground playing this new game that my daughter's come up with, so I'm a bit sore, <laughs> sore right now from running, but a good day. Mate, you, you got to do your dad duties, right? Um, yeah, well, you just got to go day. along with the flow, right? <laughs> Every day is a school day when it comes to being a father. Um, thank you for joining us here, Robert Rabbit Hole Stories. And um, as you may already know, we're all about how you got into Bitcoin. What is it that really sort of sparked your curiosity of falling down this rabbit hole and um what are you doing now in the space so i think we just le- lead it over to you now and uh we'll just go on this journey with you rob okay um uh, my the way my brain works is all kind of jumbled up so i don't come on <laughs> you are not alone rob so yeah do, do what you okay, need to do <laughs> yeah, yeah. a lot of bitcoiners are like that they they so um i i was just uh i think in one of your, I was just thinking about my, you know, the orange pill, how I was orange pilled, and then how I got into, um, how I got into Bitcoin, and I think it was sort of, uh, for me, all roads sort of led to the, the 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 point where I had that particular, you know, the moment where someone told me about it, and so it was just, uh, I always think that nothing ever happens by accident. It's just. Uh, you're moving towards um, a certain point. So I, I would say about 
two, three years before I was, uh, I went down the rabbit hole with Bitcoin. I went down the rabbit hole with looking at value and money because something happened to me where, uh, well, first of all, I had my first child and that really shook, shook me to take, uh, to really think about how am I going to, you know, take responsibility for this new child. And I don't want to, her to have uh, an impoverished childhood. So that, that kicked me up the ass a bit. And so what I decided to do was I realized that I didn't, I didn't understand value and money. So I started studying money books and I know myself well enough now that if I just put my energy into something, so my decision is made, then the right information will come to me as long as I'm taking responsibility and reading that stuff. So I, I read a ton of books. I was really going at it quite hard. So maybe three, four hours a day of reading podcasts and trying to understand. I didn't understand stocks. I couldn't get it. Um, but I was trying to understand why people did that um, and, and all different aspects of value. And so <clears throat> um, if what, what happened was I was over, I have very high network individual clients and one invited me to Asia for a, um, a, a birthday. And so I was there and I met one of my client friends who's a professional poker player and investor and very, very clever and someone who I always listen to. And I asked him what he was into and, you know, what he was into right now. And he said, I'm all in on something. And I was like, like for him to be all in on something was very unusual. I said, well, what do you mean all in? He goes, everything all in. And he said, I said, what is it? And he said, Bitcoin. And uh, my hairs went up and I kind of knew, I was like, that's it. So for me, it was, um, I've had moments in my life where something drops. And I'm like, that, that something very special just happened. And I'll, I'll talk to you, I'll bring up the um, weight shift story from, from my book, which was another moment that really took me very clearly down another avenue. So he, he, he told me about Bitcoin, he explained it somewhat. And then I remember really the only thing that he said to me that really stuck was, you will only be able to hold Bitcoin to the amount that you, or you can only value it or hold it to the amount you value yourself. Or you could come at that different ways. Like if you don't value yourself, you can't hold anything of value. And I see that with my clients all the time. They they will literally uh, have to remove the value from them if they accidentally bring it into their life. So they'll sabotage or something. So he said, you need to, um, you need to do the work to, which is valuable proof of work to, to understand the value. Otherwise you won't be able to hold it. And I thought about that and I was like, okay, I understand that from all the work I've been doing on value. And then I just went bang, you know, straight in and spent the next few years studying it all day. Um, every, you know, anything that I could get my hands off, books, podcasts. I, I asked computer scientists to, to try and to explain to me about blockchain, what is blockchain and how it works. And I remember thinking, I, I have no idea what you're talking about, but I know that if I keep looking at it, there'll be a compounding effect and I'll... I'll get it one day. 
So I understand blockchain, but I wouldn't stand on stage and try and tell anyone about it. I kind of, you know, I listen to smarter people talking about it. But so now, you know, when when we crashed to and the four four thousand dollars or whatever it was, I was buying then because I knew the value. And it, they say you should feel a bit uncomfortable when you're you feel, should feel a bit sick when you're buying the bottom. But I was like, no, I know the value of this because I've done all the, I know what valuable things are and there's value in getting in early. And there's, if you understand the things that no one else understands because you've done the work, that's highly valuable. So that was kind of my, uh, yeah, he kind of orange pilled me. And um, now, now I would say... Um, I moved to Madeira to to help uh, Andre with Free Madeira or to be part of Free Madeira Org. Um, I I do I wrote a book which was very much fo- kind of uh, focusing in on my skill set, which is working with people, helping them to un- understand why they do things and how to free themselves from the behaviors and free themselves to enjoy uh, an optimal life. That's my, that's what I do. That's my passion. I think about that all the time. And Bitcoin, as I said right at the start, that it everything um, comes together. So Bitcoin's actually helped me um, question a lot of my work that I do, you know, in my field, and also it's made me question so many things that I think it's going to be Bitcoin's going to be amazing for getting people to question their their the the deepest red pill which is to question their minds which is the what fundamentally like bitcoin will change the world for sure but to change humanity each node which we all are on the blockchain of humanity needs to take responsibility for their reality and work on it so that's the deepest proof of work you can do uh, no I'll worries. Stop no worries. Um, you, you mentioned your book, and we'll shortly go into it later on. How did you end up where you worked previously? Because you used to be a um, conditioning strength coach. Is that right with Chelsea? Correct. Yep. For me personally, the wrong football club, but that's a different topic. Um, uh, they paid me well. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, yeah, going to no get worries, involved no in this. As long but, as it yeah. pays good, that's the thing, right? Um, <laughs> But how did you end up from there, basically working a very normal job into, you know, what you do these days? What was sort of your rabbit hole moment in that regard? Yeah, so I, I was head, in, head of strength and conditioning and injury prevention at Chelsea Football Club. I had um, my, um, the, the thing I really, I loved uh, Sherlock Holmes when I was a boy. And I, I loved the way he would analyze, not in a, a like, really anal looking at how someone's eye movements and all that shit where you read people's eyes. Um, maybe that works or not. I'm not talking about that. I just, I remember I met someone, I was talking in sweet, uh, Norway at a conference and there was a guy who did micro reading of features and he was just staring at me and like, I was like, couldn't talk, you know, um, not that type. I mean, looking at the way someone, um, you know, Sherlock Holmes looked at their nails and, and their clothing and the way they moved to understand their behaviors. And at Chelsea, I realized that that was my fascination. I would look at players and I go, he, I think he's going to get injured or the, his, this joint's not working correctly. And 
Um, that's coming from uh, the right shoulder. So I started to see the chain effect of the body that um, every, every th the, the body works like it's a skeleton with elastic bands all over it. So people think to strengthen the bicep muscle, you have to you know lift weights and shorten it, but you switch a muscle on by lengthening it. Um, so it's not the shortening phase, it's when you lengthen it, it works like an elastic band. And then you look more carefully at the body and the elastic band actually rotates, it flexes, bends, and lengthens. So the, the normal sports science, which is what I did, they told me that uh, the bicep, uh, it flexes the arm. But in, in reality, the bicep slows down the extension of the arm. It's completely opposite. So they were coming at it from a cadaver, you know, like a, a dead body. And if you activate the muscle, you go, Dung! but that's dead. And that's how science really looks at reality. So I started questioning. I was like, oh, shit, that's not what I was taught. And, and then I, I started to look at the body. And then what I started to notice was that players, when they were emotional or they were stressed, they were much more likely to get injured. And I started to study that more and look more at Tai Chi, Chi Gong. I was getting into, um, we, you know, I was trying everything to see if I could get results. Uh, Reiki, um, five animal movements, uh, kinesiology, all, all sorts I was trying. And so I went, uh, I start, that's how I started going down the rabbit hole. It's this idea that I wanted to, I questioned everything. It didn't mean I went with some weird guru saying something i tested i verified before i trusted anyone and so i tested that doesn't work that doesn't work that seems to work i'm going to put that over here and i'm going to test it and test it and so this it, it um it comes on to the story that's in the book in the first chapter is that um i did a very advanced test on on the postural system to work out who was more likely to get injured. So what I would do was um, I would put it, I bring the first team athlete in, he would stand with one foot on one scale, very uh, precise scale and one foot on another scale. I brought all of these in myself because I, I was, no one was really helping me, but because they just went, yeah, yeah, go do Rob's weird stuff. Um, and I'd stand him on there. There'd be a plumb line and lines in the back. I'd have video and uh, photos. And what I would do, and I studied this in um, Paris with uh, Dr. Ben Abrico, uh, an art, um, a science called posturology. And what I would do was the, the body receives information and it positions the body in space. So when the receivers or the receptors of the information get faulty, so for instance, your eyes a little bit out, like, or your teeth, there's a your teeth bite too too quickly on one side rather than the other. You're jammed up here. Um, you could have hearing one side weaker than the other. That'll twist the head. Um, your dominant eye, both of you, if you look at the, yourself, your dominant eye is closer to the midline. Or your, yours will be slightly different. There, you repositioned your head. So um, what you're looking for with an athlete is when they do that, then the body underneath shifts to keep the eyes level. So you, you, you need to be aware of these things, skin of the feet, scars on the body. So 
this player is ready to start. And the, the whole team came in to see me do this one particular assessment. So I was stressed because I was, uh, you know, a young guy, insecure. Uh, I had my ideas, but there was, these were big, heavy medical hitters, you know. And he's standing there and I look down, I have my clipboard and um, I look at the weight and he's eight kilos heavier on one of his legs. I think he was the right leg, he's eight kilos heavier. And I'd studied that with a guy in San Diego and let's say half a kilo or less was significant. Um, you can have someone might say, yeah, but you have a longer leg or possibly, but that, those are factors that I take into account further down from the the bigger inputs of the eyes, the teeth, um, the you know, they're kind of secondary things. So he was, it was massive discrepancy. And I looked to the medical team and uh, the podiatrist said, I must be short leg. The chiropractor said, uh, it must be um, his atlas because chiropractors always go to there or TMJ. And, and I said a stupid joke about the doctor that he, he was like, where do I inject? Because doctors really, they just go for the medical, uh, you know, like where, where do I inject or which pill do I give? So everyone came at it from their particular expertise. Um, and I went to start the test and I thought, oh shit, I need to get, I need to see if there's an emotional input here that I've been, I've been studying this for a while in the closet, so to speak. And so I remember thinking, I've, like it just, it came out of me. I had to say it and I said, uh, what's the best sex you've ever had? Because I was working in a football club and that's the kind of thing you don't go uh, too emotional. You bring up something. I was I needed to elicit, say, a positive emotion. And I said, "What's the best sex you've ever had?" And he looked up to the right and starts going. When you look at people really closely, they go through the filing cabinet. So he's like going duk, 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 in his eyes, and then he comes back. Thirty minutes later, he was going for his list. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> There's my joke. I said that at the uh, at Riga, and actually people laughed. They didn't think they would, but like thirty minutes later, and that's just how it is, right? And uh, I didn't. Li so he said, "Oh yeah, it was this, this, this." And I looked down at the scales, and he was perfectly balanced. And I went, "Holy shit!" I was like with every, all my expertise and all the expertise around me, no one there could have changed him that quickly. And and I looked and their eyes, like everyone's eyes, just there was like a cognitive dissonance because it meant that all the all our degrees and all that shit just suddenly went out of the window. It, it's a little bit like Bitcoin. You know, when you get it, you go, oh, shit you guys are in trouble, right? Like nothing else, it just completely uh, disrupts. It's, it's a disruptive technology, which I think my work is. So then I quickly said I needed a comparison. I said, what's, what's the worst moment of your life? I remember this to this day. I could feel his energy just go, ooh. Like people understand when you feel an energy shift in someone, you can walk in a room and you just feel like, mm, or someone walks in and and so he he kind of collapsed micro collapse in energy definitely and i looked down he was 9 kilos heavier so what 
what I, I didn't understand it straight away, but that moment, and, and as I said in the book, I, I remember walking back, looking down at my feet, going, something remarkable just happened. And I don't know what it means, but I'm going to find out what that meant. That was a a rabbit hole moment. And what what I've come to realize is the the first thought was a strong thought. It strengthened him. People understand that when you you think about your child or um, Bitcoin, whatever that gives you the thing, it strengthens you. And that can be felt. Tai Chi Chi Gong, it's all based on hand positions. If you place your hands away, it weakens you, you turn your hands towards you, it strengthens you. If you if you have any sense sensitivity to that, you can feel it instantly and brings it boom. It it brings your energy up inside your torso. So there was a one and a zero. One strengthened him and one weakened him. It pushed him even further. So I came to understand that we we have we're like computers um, and we have builds up a building up of um, these weak weakening triggers and weakening things that at a certain point we, we're adapting we're adapting as much as we can and then we start to not be able to adapt anymore and that so I work with people on finding out what they are and you, you you can work and delete them you just that's where we go down the rabbit hole but uh, that took me a while to understand how to do that and the the other thing with the book was the hamster wheel um but uh, i'll stop talking there one thing that um struck me when you was talking is that you were mentioning the experts the expertise of these people and what came to mind for your explanation of um actually looking into alternative ways um made me think of something i thought of a while ago and that was we rely on um diagnostics and diagnoses sorry from these uh, doctors or psychologists and things like that but I'm wondering whether there's any sort of um, thought that you've had regarding western um, medicine and um, other ideas uh, from other regions of sure. the world that aren't so popular but should be actually taken on as something serious and credible um, and we're just sort of obsessed with putting pills in people and sort of uh, diagnosing them with something rather than the more holistic approach. Yeah, I mean, that's a massive... We could talk for literally hours about that. What uh, Two things come to mind is um, there there is a lot of bullshit in the holistic space. So it's a little... For me, it's like Web3. A lot of the stuff, all the, the gurus <laughs> and spirituality, because it's... Um, I've spent a long time looking at this, and I think uh, I, I work with people who expect results from me. They pay me a lot of money to get results, and I'm only interested in results, which is what took me to Bitcoin. It's because it's based on truth and uh, truthful things, like it's decentralized and secure. Okay, I got you know that's that's what it is, and then you have these other things that say they pretend to be decentralized and secure, but you know. There, that's you know the the web three and they and crypt, crypto, which is like hanging on the coattails of the truth of of Bitcoin. And so when uh, the the same goes for my work is I've always looked for what is the truth, and it's not flashy and it's not um, you know you don't need to have a beard and a man bun or like a wolf t shirt to be spiritual. Um, and the but the great thing is you know aside that the maybe me being a little negative and want to be constructive is there's truth there and what and so when i'm working with people i had a client 
yesterday who came on the call and said, I've got four months to live, I have stage four pancreatic cancer. And that's quite an extreme. But what I work with them on is what's actually going, like how how has this come about and what are they, you know, how can they deal with it? So they don't want me saying, oh, be hopeful and, you know, believe in this. Um, you know, you need to believe in something. I'm like, what are the facts? What are you thinking? And then it's only with the facts. Does that make sense? So the facts, it might sound like that does nothing. That does everything. Because when you find the truth, it resolves everything instantly. So I'm very, uh, it's not woo-woo is what I'm talking about. It's It sounds lit because there's a lot of Web3 guys, you know, uh, in spiritual, you know, they're usually into <laughs> spiritual stuff, uh, Ethereum guys and stuff. Um, but it, it, I've, all, I've been looking at that for very many years and... There's a guy, uh, Douglas Wallace, he's a PhD in, in America. He's the top mitochondrial researcher in the world. Uh, he's 65 odd, absolute legend in his field, uh, pure science, truth. And I listened to one of his lectures and I didn't understand, 90, I didn't really understand very much at all. I understood mitochondria. And at the end, he said, oh, and by the way, I've opened up a clinic in China because I think the meridians are mitochondrial systems or the mitochondrial systems are the Chinese meridian energy systems that the Chinese found out about thousands of years ago. I was trying to bring that in. I did. I brought in an acupuncturist at Chelsea many years ago. I still talk to, talk to him. And I was mocked. He was, he was mocked behind his doors, <laughs> like, uh, and it, Chinese medicine has been mocked as not science. And now the main science guy's like, oh, oh, by the way, I think, and everyone will forget, you know, like, so it all, all roads lead to, um, to the truth, let's say, I don't, I don't know what I mean. Yeah. hundred percent. And, um, Part of me thinks on a little kind of sideline as well. That's why um, psychedelics are becoming more and more popular now and people are actually starting to study yes. that as um, a way that people can um, formulate and deal with, uh, formulate um, or get that sense of self and actually deal with the actual traumas that they've been holding on to. Um, so there's, there's, there's more sort of other ideas being introduced. Um, and for me personally, on a, on a personal level, um, I, I've been going to therapy for a while now, every week. And ultimately what I've learned throughout this whole process is that you need to have a sense of self and you need to be truthful to yourself and and explore the truth what where does this uh, feeling come from where is it rooted and then actually not by acknowledging in it um and um engaging with the truth that's the only way you 100%. can move forward and 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 become more not enlightened but more kind of less heavy sure. um, and that, that's what resonated with me when you were talking about the the comparison of the the person's weight depending on what their mindset was at the time you know help helping yourself understand who you are where you come from and what impacts people have had in your life have have helped me to navigate it in a more positive way i suppose beautiful I couldn't. I couldn't say that, but I, I, I would say um, the in the last couple of years, my work has gone very heavy on 
understanding that trauma in childhood and the disconnect that all ties in with uh, the disconnecting money, um, families disconnected, war traumas. Um, you know, the British massively traumatized people. Uh, I was talking with a Brazilian. I was, I was saying British is so traumatized, and and we traumatized the Irish, and we took away their culture, and they're. Oh yeah, but the Irish have drinking problems. I'm like, no, you they like the British have drinking. And this Brazilian said, "Hey, we had 400 years of slavery, and and so every populace is traumatized, and the trauma creates aberrant software programs that I call hamster wheels. Because if you watch them very closely, like you're doing, Ian, you're you're observing the 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 mind, the self, and and these glitchy, aberrant programs that, and the faster and smarter you are, the faster the hamster wheels go. And the harsher you are on yourself because you should be able to deal with it. No one's dealing with it. Like you either deal with it or you're in denial. And everyone, like I'm looking for people who are not tra traumatized. Like, that's kind of like a safari yeah. is looking for um, the... Uh... Well, if you don't deal with it, Rob, right, you pass it on to the next generation, 100%. right? You just, you just, it just becomes like a generational trauma cycle. 100%. <laughs> so if, if, I, if I can do the proof of work now and sort of break that cycle for the people behind yeah. me, then, you know, I'm, I'm not only helping myself, but I'm helping people behind me. And I think that really does connect to Bitcoin in a way, 100%. right? Because if we're here, we're showing up, we're doing this content and you're putting the signal out there in your own way as well. And with that, you know what we're trying to do is have a bit of a betterment for society as a whole and for people to be less traumatized in this fiat system that we're trapped yes. in or imprisoned within or whatever sort of language you want to use around that um so joel uh, over to you sorry i, I can yeah. talk about I was just, uh, it's Ian, i was gonna say what we're talking about <laughs> yeah, on, is the please. truth people need to understand the truth mm, about yes, the yes, yes, yes. and people go oh you're in therapy no, I'm trying to find the truth. I'm, I'm, I want to know the truth about my mind because the mind ruins you. The monetary system ruins us. It, the suffering is just, the, the two are just spiraling and Bitcoin's coming up. And also um, we need to get away from Web3 spiritual. Some people like that. Okay, fine. But it's just truth. Forget all the bullshit um, fancy clothes and stuff. It is about what is going, like, all, like we need to have a conversation. All top performers, like athletes, usually traumatized. That's why they're so good. That's why they struggle when when not. Like it needs to be talked about. It's not we shouldn't necessarily admire someone who's so traumatized that they become world champion. That, I'm going to do that work because I want to know the truth. And and so yeah, sorry, Joel. Yeah, no worries. no worries. No worries. No worries. I mean, two comments there. So I, since I was 12 till 21, I um, essentially I turned pro professional golfer and then got into a car accident and that sort of ended everything. But um, I do remember maybe six tournaments in my lifetime where I had these moments where I can tell you to this day what, what the grass smelled like, you know, what I was wearing. I don't know which part of my balls was scratching if I took a swing, whatever. But I couldn't remember the results I was playing in. I just remember actually having one and sort of being in that weird, you can call mm. it zone, you can call it flow state, whatever. Um, and when I read your book on my way home from Riga, 
because it's a three-hour flight and your book is just slim enough to finish sure. it in a couple you of hours. You went to the toilet and then you read it in the in the toilet <laughs> and came out and there was just one place to yeah, You know Joel well then. You know me well, yeah. <laughs> yes. I had the toilet seat. Um, <laughs> no, but I read it. I was like, holy shit, this really is what actually, like professional athletes, you can even go further, managers in top position aim to do because you're really decoupling your 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 fucked up mind or like the the impressions you get in daily from what you're actually trying to achieve and in that sense yep. you sort of found a formula to reprogram people can you maybe talk a bit about mind os and like what the goal of your your work is to to actually help people sort of spread out these these negative thoughts and positive thoughts or however you want to categorize it okay so i started as a rabbit hole so if we go down in depth I started, you, you remember, looking at the body and then I went down emotions and energy. And then it took me a long time to find this one and zero. And I, I like technology, so I like things to be, my holy grail was be able to resolve pain on the spot. Like, is it possible just to instantly be able to resolve things? And I got to that point and I, not always because I now I found a deeper stuff underneath it but what i came to realize is that we uh the body everything is either one uh strong or weak um i call this uh meditation os is because you can go in look at your computer your body whatever you're feeling if it's emotional or there's pain in your body and you can it's like looking at the cpu and you can find out what's the primary thing weakening me find it and clear it and then go back and see how it feels and it'll have changed and you can, everyone has that internal, innate physical intelligence is what I call it. So I teach that in my school, meditation aware. So you can work on your kids, you can work on anything that you're doing and you can improve it. Um, and I've had amazing results with that. But I'm, I, I'm always looking like, is there more, is there more? So if you imagine... I'm working on the ones and zeros. And then there were some people that kept, bringing back the problems and having addictions or addictions or they would go in cycles and then I'd see them six months later and they go, yeah, it's kind of coming back. So then I um, came and Bitcoin kind of showed me that it was like, what's the base layer? What's going on here? And I started to see patterns in the way people were talking. And I, and like I do here, it's a hamster wheel. I would jot down words and I start to see patterns and I look, oh shit, this is working like a hamster wheel. Um, and so that developed, uh, developed my work. So what, I, what I've come to realize is uh, I teach people the ones and zeros and that you can work on pretty much any, anything. However, there's the mind that is constantly talking and that, um, that feeds all the emotions into the body which slows down the body and gives you symptoms, illnesses, diseases, uh, pain in your body. Um, so the the mind uh, creates, you know, can can be creating anger, affecting your liver, affecting your eyes, uh, fear, kidneys, and stuff. So I, I I teach people how to do that, but you you can learn that yourself, the ones and zeros. But I've you know, I put together a course and say, that's like a, a technique, a technology. When it comes to the OS, the book I want to show people, you do that yourself. You're your own authority. Like people need to understand that, yeah, you can go see a therapist in and I could go to see a therapist. And sometimes you need to go, especially if it's, you know, something physical, you either, you either go see someone like me or a, 
a massage therapist or something. But when it's that constant, you go to bed at night and you you wake up in the morning, you're anxious, you're you can't sleep, um, you you're trying to be with your kids, but you're you're frightened about, or you know you you you, you know the the that that discord discourse in your head that's horrible. That is you you are your own authority, and you can decentralize the mind. You can't change anything by trying to make yourself better. That's the centralized mind. Jeff Bruth, uh, you can't change the system from within the system, right? And so when you start to see the system and how it works like a hamster wheel, um, then, so I call that decentralizing the mind is by observing it, then you become your own authority and then you become masterless because that is your master and it's sh- it's screwing you and you're in prison and everyone's in prison. So with my work, um, I'll either, if someone's working with me, I'll either go to the board and if I hear a pattern in the background, like with the lady with the cancer, uh, she had a, a deep program, which for me created her illness. So there's nothing I can do about the, the um, well, I can strengthen her organs and stuff, but we need to get to the deep underlying reason why she attracted the illness. So that's my experience. And that might sound a bit woo-woo, but uh, that's when you, that's what I see. I hope uh, I didn't go off on a tangent there too much, Joel. No, it completely makes sense. In, in summary, for me, what I think you're trying to say is that your your mind is trying to tell you something and it, it sends signals to certain parts of your body for you to try and translate that into what is going on 100%. for you. And maybe you can use that as a way to 100%. sort of understand not only yourself a bit more, but how to sort of overcome these ailments or these bad back that I've been suffering with for the last couple of weeks that I can't get rid of. Yeah, stretching might help and exercise and stuff like that. But really, if you start to focus more on the mind, that's where the true problem lies. Yeah, right? and in my new book, I've studied a new book. That That's a teaser. The little book for the toilet is a, is a teaser book, for the, a teaser toilet book. <laughs> uh, I'm working on a, the proper <laughs> book now. I'm working with a, a, a lady in America who's amazing uh, editor. So we... We're on this every week working on it. One of the things I'm going to be working on is how um, the mind says things like, I need to step up. I need to step up. I need to step forward. I need to go forward. I'm going backwards. You know, these type of, if you listen and watch closely in your mind, um, I there's a story I tell of a, a, a CEO of a company. He came to me. He wanted to work on some emotional stuff, but he said, I've got a problem with my knee. When I squat... And he loves squatting and deadlifting. Uh, it was hurting him. He couldn't train. So I said, "What's what, when does it hurt? And he goes, when I go backwards. And that the backwards dropped. The, if you listen to people's wording, when they say a word that's weak, it drops. You can feel it. So his business going backward or anything going backwards was painful for him. And the moment I told him, I said, squat now, it was gone. He was back squatting. It's never come back. So you could say, oh, it's all in his head. I'm saying everything's in your head. Like, and it's real. It's not that it's not real, it's real, and it'll kill you. Like, there's no separation between the mind and the body, um, Ian. And and Jung says your unconscious meets you in your body. So I'm I'm kind of working on all theory, kind of like a complete theory of why we get sick or why we keep attracting struggles and it's all to do with 
the external world and the internal world. There's no separation. Right. Understood. Yeah. And and maybe maybe we should um, use our undiscovered self to discover ourselves, right? As Jung might uh, sort of guide us towards. But as we're working towards the end of this episode, Rob, which has been fascinating, I can talk uh, I for like hours I'm with you about much. this, and maybe we can reconnect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you certainly have not. You haven't spoken enough, um, and maybe we can have you back um, to talk a little bit more deeper when your new book sure, comes sure. out as to. well. But at the end of our at the end of our episodes, we do the All Roads Lead Back to Bitcoin Challenge for all of our guests to prove that all roads do, in fact, lead back to uh, to Bitcoin. So what we usually do is give you a word, a topic or a phrase, and then we just try to get you to then relate that back to Bitcoin somehow. Okay. So, Rob, are you ready for the All oh, Roads shit. Lead Back to Bitcoin Challenge, sir? <laughs> <laughs> I just felt my energy drop. So I've got to relate to How much whatever more do you, you say now? back to Bitcoin. Yeah. Okay, I'm ready. Yeah, it can it can it can, it can be um, as philosophical or direct as okay. you like. Okay, and we'll give you some thinking time, okay. so don't worry, Rob. Um, so all the all roads lead back to Bitcoin. Uh, word that we've come up with is detective. Seeing as you were a big fan of Sherlock Holmes, we thought that might be an appropriate I word to that. use. So how does detective relate back to Bitcoin? Well, I th- well I suppose it Bitcoin. When you see it, you realize that you have to, um, you you know you no longer take things at face value, and you start to question, and break down and interrogate everything that you like. From uh, why are they pushing? Why are they saying meat's bad? Let me look at the research on meat oh it's the most nutritious it's got the most nutrition bioavailable nutrition everything oh does that tie back to 2030 wf and but then you start you go but is there a climate i'm not going into the climate here but then you start going well if they lied if they if that's not true and that's not true and that's not true and and the more i've looked at bitcoin i'm like shit everything the bitcoin has said is true and so it's you become a detective. You you no longer are the uh, the victim, That's, right? You you literally go. I'm not trusting it. I'm going to look at this myself. And this kind of lead hundred percent. And what I did notice, sorry, Joe. What I did notice while you're yeah. doing that is your filing oh cabinet God, in your mind that you did earlier. Yeah. It's it's encrypted. It's on hard drive. Hopefully, you can't it. But it kind of it kind of leads beautifully sure. into the saying, "We are all Satoshi." Because at the end, everyone actually, as a note or as a verifier, has to um, do the proof of work and realize if the information that you've been giving is right or wrong. So it kind of leads into a, a nice, uh, a nice circle there and a nice. Yeah. Circle. No, beautiful. And like we and and my my passion, like what's important for me is that I take responsibility for everything I see in the world. And so when I point my finger at something and go, look at that asshole, there's three fingers pointing back at me. So Bitcoin it acts as a mirror and it shows us, uh, it chews up egos like, you know, they, they get trampled on by Bitcoin because it just does. It's yin energy. It's just absorbing everything. Um, but um, yeah, it, we are, you know, you, every, every individual needs to take responsibility by Bitcoin, hodl and uh, work on yourself and find out about yourself. That's a beautiful way of um, ending the episode, I think. Um, Rob, if people want to find out more about you, obviously a link to the book will be in the show notes. Um, where can people find you online? 
Yeah, uh, I'm on. I'm often on. I'm on Twitter, Rob Rinded, Instagram, Rob Rinded, uh, robrinded.com website, and uh, I. Lo- if if anyone is interested in understanding about their own behavior, uh, one one session, and you you will it will give you uh, like a leap. Uh, you in one in one hour session you can really understand one of your main behaviors and then you go away and that will you'll become um you'll free yourself from it and uh, I, I think that's the biggest return on investment anyone can make so and fellow rabbit hole dwellers if you've missed any of that check out the show notes because everything uh, related to rob his book and these uh, websites is all below so please go and check that out rob again thank you it's been a fascinating journey with thank you down your bitcoin rabbit you. hole and we hope to have you back on uh, one day in the future so thank take you. care